Well, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone. This is Pastors Lester and Sharon Hayes here uh, tonight on the Thursday night Wisdom Call Bible Study and Prayer. We thank the Lord for another day, amen, that we get to open up his word and learn some revelations about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Things was written to us for our learning that we may know that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the living word of God. Amen. We may learn the revelations that were written about him. Amen. And that we may know that he is the only way for us to have eternal life. And that that gospel there, may that message may continue to live in us, to be in us, to be hidden in our hearts, that we not sin against God. Amen. And so it's all about letting the message remain in us and so we want to pass these tests these misconceptions we want to dispel all these misconceptions of man out there about who jesus christ is we want to put his deity on display tonight by opening up this word amen and just kind of see the warnings uh, that he's warned us about any type of false teaching any type of antichrist messages any type of deceptive messages out there we want to dispel all that tonight by sharing some wisdom and some truth that we have learned about him that's been revealed to us through the holy spirit and through his word amen we have volumes we have 66 books a volume of the book is all about jesus christ centered around him and so we get the awesome privilege tonight to open up his his his, his inspired word and let that word minister to us man i'm telling you i'm so excited about it every time we get to look in this perfect law of liberty and draw some revelations out of there, amen, that we can apply to our life because God always applies the word to his creation. Yes. Even before the foundation of the world, he did that. And then when he created the world, he even spoke that same word and man became a living soul and everything else took shape and form uh, where there was void and no form. He spoke that word and that word has been with us ever since. And so it just behooves us to learn it and apply it that we may have the same fruit, amen, uh, made alive to us, made available to us because the word produces fruit that's worthy, amen, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're going to open up tonight, amen, by just word of prayer. Father, we thank you tonight for Thursday night wisdom call. We thank you tonight that two or three of us have gathered together in your name to learn of you, Lord God, that we may be able to keep this message, let this message continue to resonate in us. So we thank you tonight and we praise you tonight, Father God, for your word tonight. We praise you for those on the line tonight, those that are coming on the line tonight, those that are going to benefit from what they are about to hear concerning your word. We thank you for these revelations. We thank you for fresh manner tonight and we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor for all things working to our benefit tonight, after we hear the word, we thank you, Lord God, that it will go forth. It will not return into you void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. And it will do all those things, Lord, that you desire, because it is your word that you watch over and hasten to perform, that we may put you in remembrance of it after we have learned it and put it in our hearts, Lord God, and let it dwell in us. That when we open up our mouths, we shall declare what thus said the Lord. We give you praise for it. Now sanctify us even the more with thy truth. For thy word is truth tonight. Set us apart, consecrate us for the work 
that you did, the work that you said we would do and greater work shall we do. Let the word not be that light in that lamp. Let the word, Lord God, be our counselor, Lord God, in our delight tonight. We thank you for it. We found it. We did eat it. Now is a joy and rejoicing to our hearts as we open up your word tonight. We give you praise, glory, and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Again, this morning, we were in the book of 1 John chapter 2, and we dealt with uh, verse 24. Uh, again, we're kind of talking about, you know, uh, letting the gospel remain uh, in us. Amen. In you and me and in, in us. Amen. And so that verse, uh, verse 24 kind of says let. OK, so it's, it's calling for uh, our obedience uh, you know, our cooperation, not our resistance, not our doubt and unbelief or second guessing, but it's command there says, let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. And we have given so much testimony to what was in the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God, you know, and we know, amen, that that was in the beginning. And so it was God applying the word to human to, to humanity, and he's applying the word today to humanity the same way. It has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it behooves us, amen, to learn the word that we too can apply the word to our lives, and then we can live the word. Amen. And so he, he gives us a command there to let uh, cooperate with God and with his word. And he says, if that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you. So he gives us a command there. Part A is to let. And then part two is to let it remain. Okay. So he says, let it up front. And he said, that which you have heard after you let it, uh, you know, abide in you. Then he said, let it remain in you. Uh, ye also shall continue in the son and in the father. So there's, there's, there's the a part of that. There's the, the, the answer to it all right there. So I'm going to let, then I'm going to let it remain. First, I got to let it be in me. Then I got to let it remain. I don't go back and change it. I don't go back and put something else in there, mix something with it. I keep it pure and adulterated, authentic, just like it was given in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Don't change the message. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he says, this way we shall continue in the son and in the father. Father, because he gave the word, Jesus Christ, because he is the word. He's the living incarnate word made flesh. So it all works together. That makes a complete circle of life right there. In the beginning, all throughout, and in the end. Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. Nothing has changed. So we start with it. We stick with it. We go through life with it. That way we end up with it because that's the same word that's going to be opened up and, and we're going to be judged by it. And so it's, it's so simple right there. So this is the test, you know, that, that, that we're faced with. Does the gospel remain in us? Only if we let it. The message we heard from the beginning, that is it. Uh, the conditions here, okay, that always comes with a condition. That is, okay, the message must remain in us. Uh, the result of that message remaining in us is that we will continue abiding in Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And so that means we'll always be saved because if he saved us, we're saved. If he's healed us, we're healed. So those are guarantees that we read in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14 in King James Bible. Lord, if you save us, we're saved. If you heal us, we're healed. You are our praise. We just have to let it 
continue, you know, because the word was sent, according to the book of Psalm chapter 107, verse 20, to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction. That's in the King James Bible. So if we let it remain, we shall always be healed by that word. And so we're going to pick up our study tonight uh, by sharing some scripture references, you know, uh, we, we, we stopped off this morning, I want to say, in uh, the last scripture we went over was in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 30, that said, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Amen. And so all of that is abiding in us. Everything that God is, everything that God was, everything that God said he's going to be, it already dwells in us through the word of God, through the spirit of God, amen, and that word that we hide in our hearts. See, God is his word, and his word is God. That's what it said from the beginning, you know. And so we know that the word was with God, the word was God. And so the same God today is in us, is the word of God, the Holy Spirit, okay? Still with us today, still living in us today. And we have to abide in him, because once we abide in him, Amen. His word abides in us. And that's what keeps us. That's what seals us. We stand assured of God's word because God don't come and live in us without his word. Amen. He don't come and live in us without his word because his word does what? Sanctifies us, consecrates us, purifies us, justifies us. It gives us an effective witness. That's why he said, hide that word in your heart that you sin not against me. Okay? And then, you know, he said it enters in. Every time we open it up, it enters in again. And guess what it does? It quickens what's already in us. It quickens. It's like that word that's in our hearts and the word that comes in when we open up the perfect law of liberty and begin to ingest that word. They come in agreement with each other. The word that we, the, the message remained the same. So if I'm adding new message to message that's already in me, that stays fresh, it's always there. When they come together, there is agreement. The word is, is, is always in agreement with the word. You know, so there's no disagreement in the word. So if you're getting something that disagree with what's already hidden in your heart, dismiss it. It's not authentic. It's not infallible. It's not based on truth. And you'll be able to know that because it would be very difficult to walk in agreement unless it gives light. And the light we're talking about is what David wrote about in the book of Psalms, chapter 119. I want to say verse 131, 105, one of those verses. But you know the verse. And so there has to be agreement with what's already in our hearts. You know, and if there's no agreement, it's going to be very hard for me to walk, walk in agreement with it. And that's a good indicator right there that am I letting what abides in me continue to direct and guide and lead me away from any false teaching, any doctrine of devils, any tradition of men. You know, you'll be able to you'll be able to pass that test because you will know if it's authentic. You'll know because it's supposed to quicken us, not supposed to, you know, uh, cause problems. It's supposed to discern our thoughts and intents. Supposed to enlighten us. It's supposed yes. to guide us. It's supposed to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's supposed to be our counselor and our delight. It's supposed to revive us and give us life. Yes. 
And if all those things are taking place, it's because of the word of life that's already abiding in us. And when we put more word there, that just means we become stronger in the word. You know, we add to, we are built up more. Remember, the word of God is there to build us up and to mature us and perfect us for the work of ministry. And so let's get into this right here now. So first, I want to pick up on tonight. It's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 11. And we're still building our case about letting the message remain in us. And it says, for both he that sanctifies and he who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So if there's others that have been sanctified by the word and I've been sanctified by the word. And the one that have sanctified us with the word. Now, if he rightly joins us together, then there's no shame. It's like we just walk together in agreement. Why? It's because we've both been sanctified by the word. We've been kept sanctified by the word. And we're continuing to abide in the word. So there's agreement between the two. And so we can walk together in agreement now. You know, remember what Jesus prayed in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, the King James Bible. He said, Father, sanctify them with thy word, because thy word is truth. And then he went a step further, and he said, Father, even those keep them which you're going to give to me through them. The only way that's going to happen is they got to be in agreement with the word that have sanctified them that the Father gave to him. So that when others are one, that's the same sanctifier in the same word that sanctifies them is going to sanctify them also through them that have been sanctified by the sanctifier. So it makes sense when you look at it in that context. You know, just what Hebrews is saying, just what Paul is saying here. For both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all of one. So God gave Jesus these followers. Only because he sanctified them with the word and his word is truth. And so now he's hoping that they'll they'll go out and tell others about the sanctifier. And that same word that sanctified them and made them one is going to add to God's family. So his family grows now. Other sanctified people are going to come in. Why? They've been sanctified by the same word, by the same sanctifier. And now they're becoming one with him. And so all of us now become that one body made up of many believers. And every one of them come to supply something to the body that the body overall may edify itself in love. That's what Paul said in, in the book of Ephesians. You know, that the body may edify itself in love. By that, that each member supply to the overall body. Because they've been sanctified by the word. They've been rightly, knitly fit together by the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. And we stay that way until we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge, the statue of the knowledge of who God is. In other words, the statue, if you think about it, you got the father is the head. Jesus is the head of the church. Father is the head of his son, Jesus. And then he's the, Jesus is the head of us who make up the church. And then we are the under shepherds that's supposed to be the gifts to the body for the building up of the saints. I know a lot of times we like to think we over people. We in charge of people. You know. But we're their servants. 
because we're his servants. And we don't want to get caught up in being over and lose sight of being servants to, the, to, to them. You know, and what we serve them is the word of God. And how we serve them is the instructions from the word of God. If we try to figure out how to serve people, then we're going away from what God has already figured out. And he starts out by telling us right through Peter, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. That's the best way to serve God's people. Give them something to eat. And the word is the best thing to feed a spiritual diet. So that's where most people are lacking. They have a spirit, but it hasn't been fed. It's been fed some junk food, some spiritual junk food. We know the tradition of men. Paul dealt with that in the Corinthian church that have made the glorious gospel of no effect. And it's kind of easy sometimes if, if you want a spiritual diet, be around people. You can discern if, if there's lack there, if they haven't been fed. You, you can listen to them for a few minutes. It's not to judge and criticize, but it's to let your light shine before them. You know, share what you can. If they don't accept it, don't worry about it. Don't get in no debate or argument. Just shake the dust off your feet. Don't bid them Godspeed and move on. You know, plant seeds while you can, but once, once, once you break contact, that's it. Move on. Shake the dust off your feet. You know, just remember now, you know, the word is what sanctifies. Not me, not my word, but his word that's in me. And that's why we have to move sometimes to, to give people the answer and don't restate the problem. So you say you're going, you got, no, no. God knows what the problem is. And when people sometimes come and annotate you with their problems, quickly try to get them to the answer. You know, just tell God, God can solve that problem. There's no problem on earth that you're dealing with that people have before you haven't dealt with. You want to try to get them to think in a different way. And we have to start with what the word says. There's no problem that God is not aware of. He's very aware. He knew yesterday you were going to be going through that, brother, sister. God is all knowing. But this is what God says he can do. He's a problem solver. Do you believe God can heal you? Do you believe God can fix it? And then you can go right to the scripture. Well, this is what he said. If he heal you, you heal. If he save you, you save. Will you praise him if he do? You know, that's, that's the scripture. That's, that's the book of Jeremiah working right there. And then they'll start discovering that I haven't tried this, so I don't know whether it works or not. Now they might want to try it. And they may ask you, well, how do I do it? Okay, let's just pray right now. Okay, come on, let's just believe, believe together. Now what you're doing, you're unlocking, okay, the spirit of agreement. Now you can walk together because you, you, you got them agreeing now. You got them believing now because you're going to ask them, do you believe God can do this? Because you're basing it on the word. Mm. You're going by what, the, what you just told them the word says. Yes. And if you really get real smart, you can say, well, I'll tell you what, you got, you got your phone? Go to your Bible app. Pull up the Bible app. They may say, I don't have a Bible app. Oh, no problem, let's pull it up on my phone. And then you show it to them right there in the Word if you got your phone. I mean, if, you, if you're in an ideal situation and you got the Bible, you can show it to them in the Bible. That way they can highlight it. <clears throat> or you can say, oh, can, I, can I text it to you? <clears throat> now you've established communication that you can continue to feed them. Well, after that income. So it's many, many ways. But my point is this. The message hadn't changed. The methods may change and get broad. But see, the message is the same. 
the same book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 14, the King James Bible, that freed me, you know, can free them. I ain't going to change the message. If God said, if I heal you, heal. If I save you, save. And, 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 and Jeremiah said, Lord, you are my praise. But hey, if that worked for Jeremiah and working for me now, why would I change the message to win somebody over? Because God wants the truth to sanctify them. And he uses it to sanctify those who God has given to him, his word, which is truth. That's the prayer he prayed in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17 of the King James Bible. And then he even talked about what was going to happen to the ones that God was going to give Jesus through them, through their witness, to their testimony. And that's kind of where we come in at. See, the sanctifier has sanctified us with his word. We're not going to use anything else to sanctify nobody unto the Lord but his word. Now, other people out there may try to use a different approach, a different doctrine, what the Bible calls it, you know, the doctrine of devils, you know, hypocrisy, lying wonders, false prophecy, false teaching. That's what the scripture says. It's, it's, it's out there. And they've led many a people, well-intended, vulnerable to those attacks, because they didn't know the truth to start with. So it sounded like it was genuine, authentic, and God, he did that. He pulled that trick on Eve. It was clear what God had said. The message is always clear what God said. He don't confuse people. He's not the author of confusion. But he says, let the message remain in you so that when you have that encounter, the message is what speaks. The message is what gets the job done. The message is what draws. The power is in the word. And if the word is in me, then I have the power to witness, to be an effective witness. Mm. Not my philosophy, not my speech, not all my accomplishments and all my whatevers. But it's the word that bears the power. It's the word that sanctifies you know, and when I use the word, God takes the word and he sanctifies that heart. You know, he sanctifies that stiff neck. He sanctifies that hard heart. You know, uses us to introduce and us to invite and us to share and us to tell how. You know, and it's the same way with anyone else as it was with us. It's the same word, freed us, the same truth, freed us, it'll free others. God may use a different method, but he's going to use the same word. And so he says there, you know, uh, don't be ashamed to call them brethren once they repent, you know, and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through your witness. He goes on to say here in the book of our 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 of the King James Bible, and we know that the Son of God is come and has given us and understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Mm. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a lot of confirmation in that verse right there. If we've been sanctified by the sanctifier who uses his word to sanctify us. Yeah to purify us, to, to renew us, to regenerate us, to revive us, to restore us, to heal us and save us. That's why he sent his word, Jesus. You know, and he's telling us right there, man, 
and we know that the Son of God is come. We knew it from the beginning. We, we, we've learned now, you know, that in the beginning with the word, we're with God and the word was God, and he became flesh and dwelt among us, full of what? Grace and truth. And he used that truth then, all the generations between him coming and then finally it trickled down through generations until it got to us. And it's still moving right now. His word is still moving forward. His truth is still marching on yeah. because there's other generations that it's got to reach before he come yeah. until every creature has had a chance, yeah. at least an opportunity to hear that same truth. Hadn't lost his power, you know. And he says he's already come all the way from the beginning. Book of John, the first chapter, verses 14, came among his own. They didn't recognize him. Their generation today still not recognizing him. But that's okay. The truth is still marching on so that they will. And we know that once every creature on this earth has had that chance to hear and Christ comes back, there's no more excuse. There's no more excuse. At that time, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. First, just like he said in the beginning, first it's going to be the Jews who denied him the most. Then it'll be Gentiles that have yet to confess him because it was offered to them next. Now, some Gentiles have already been engrafted in, but there are other Gentiles who are still out there, man, trying to create their own righteousness. There are some Jewish people out there who are going to be caught short. But nevertheless, when he appears, every knee will bow. Whether you Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter anymore. And he said every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. That he is, he was, he's, he's who came, the son of God. He's all the I am's, you know. He's everything and everybody he said he was. And at this time, if your name hadn't been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that means that you chose to reject him when he was trying to come and, and present the truth to us. Mm. And now he gets to decide if I let you in to eternal life or do I tell you to depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And see, that's all on God. I can't judge who that's going to be. At least I fall away and be in that number two. So I, I got to be like him. I got to be long suffering. I got to wait on him. I got to let him have the final decision. Because he might decide at that time and let all of them in. You know, he, you know, some people might not have never said out of their mouth, but it was in their heart. Why? That's what God looks at the heart. He looks at what's in your heart. And sometimes people try to get away with what's in their mouth and their heart be far from God. Mm. And some folks have accepted him in their heart, but they were too ashamed and embarrassed to confess him with their mouth. Mm. And go back up to that verse now when it says, you know, about being ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed of when it comes down to him. But some people will because they, they fear people. They don't want nobody to know. But see, God knows. God knows. And so we have to leave some things just up to God. And he says right there, and we know that the son of God is come and has given us an understanding 
Some of us right now have an understanding. Some people have received him but don't have an understanding of him. That's, That's right. why he said get understanding in all you're getting. Right. Why? Because it affects the day-to-day the -day application. Mm. It affects what we do on a routine basis in this relationship. Mm. And some folks think once saved, always saved. They ain't got to work out no salvation with fear and trembling. Because they haven't been taught that in the word. That you must endure to the end to be saved. Think that's in the book of Luke chapter 12. You know, you've got to endure to the end to be saved. Because see, salvation was past, it's present, but it's also future. That eternal salvation? Are you going to get your eternal crown? You know. And so you, got, you have to teach, we have to teach uh, people that that's called conversion. They got to be converted. You know, into that new creature, that new uh, culture of believers. See? Yes, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 13, the King James Bible, it talks about enduring to the end to be saved. I know I said Luke 12, but it's in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 13. Okay. And so, you know, it, it's in the Word. See, it's in, the, it's in let that dwell in us. So that when people come with this, this, this language that they got from somewhere and say that once saved, always saved, we got to bring it up to them. No, the scriptures say you have to endure to the end to be saved. And no once saved, always saved. Mm. You know, and so we, we have to answer them, enlighten them with what the scripture says. And he says, this is the true God and eternal life, you know. And so it's very clear there, you know, letting this right here, you know, remain in us so that we'll know when, when, the, when the challenges of life come up, you know, when the issues of life come up and when the people in life come up to challenge us, you know, as though they know and don't know. And there'll be those, there'll, there'll be those encounters because there is a spirit of debate out there, you know. See, when, when, when you sold out and you wholeheartedly believe something, uh, you can expect that we're targeted by the enemy. That's right. You know, he ain't gonna mess with nobody that ain't, ain't really trying to help nobody be free. Mm -hmm. that's, that's why he attacked Jesus the way he did. Mm -hmm. Jesus was freeing people left and right with that message from his father. Stirred up a whole bunch of stuff. But he said, hey, you know, you too gonna worship God. Remember, every knee gonna bow. Jesus said, you too. Get thee behind me. It's written, man. Shall not live by bread alone. Mm -hmm. You know, that stuff you offering, that material stuff you offering, mm -hmm. God of this world, lust of the flesh, lust of thy pride of life. Don't you know my father owned all this anyway? He, uh -huh. he, he, got, he can call down legions right now if he wanted to. I'm not worrying about what you offering me, what you got to offer me. My father, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't even be around. Mm -hmm. You too got to worship him. Get thee behind me. It's where you belong. You don't belong above me, in front of me. You don't even belong beside me. You belong behind me. That's where you're still at. Always going to be second to Jesus. There's no other God besides him, above him. You know? You know? Jesus is the one that sets, you know, the, the, the standard for life. You know? That's why he says in, in his eternal life. He, he, he called the shots. He said, if I heal you, you heal. If I save you, you save I'm your praise. Am I your praise? Yes. You know, goes on in the book of first John chapter two, verse 24, as we transition a little bit here, he says, let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. 
you decide when you begin to hear it and believe it. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, that's the test now, ye shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. That means you have the victory. Anytime you're continuing in them to, to pursue them, to seek them early, you know, you're going to find them. That means you, you, you're fighting from the position of victory. Now, if you try to take a break or go a different way or be entertained by some other wind of doctrine or be tossed to and fro or you started doubting and saying, well, that sounds, hmm, I don't know. Let me read that translation. I like that translation a little bit better. That, that's more like in layman terms. Okay, I can understand that a little bit better. So, so now you want a word that fits into what you like to hear, how you like for it to be. And see what the Lord is saying is that it's by design, by, by, by God's design, okay, that it be a mystery to some people. Because if, if he just let everybody that without any effort, without anybody studying, you know, it would be a little bit unfair to those who, who, who study to show themselves approved and workmen under God who need to not be ashamed. So that's why he says sometimes it's a mystery. In other words, it's, it's like only certain ones have that mystery revealed to them, that secret. God don't just, even though it's universal, it's out there, but it takes a little bit of diligence and a little bit of, of, of you know, digging in and, and studying and searching and researching to really find out what is it God really saying there and who he's really saying it to? And do I really, really get it, Lord? Because he said, now you got to have faith to please God and faith, it springs forth when you hear the word. But he's not talking about just naturally hearing the word because it's not naturally discerned. It's spiritually discerned. So I got to hear it enough until it begins to speak to me spiritually. Mm. And it's got to run deeper than just in my head and where people sometimes apply all their intellect and they look at it figuratively and literally. And that's why people go with these watered down translations sometimes. You know, they, they want easy understanding. They don't want pure understanding. They don't want unadulterated understanding. You know, they want easy understanding. And, and, and if God wanted it to be easy, you know, he would have made it easy. He wants diligence. He, he wants those who diligently seek after him to know the mysteries of God. You know, and that's why he designed the word that way for those who diligently seek after him. Go find him. That's right. You know, and that's what separates, you know, his, his, his children from the rest of the world out there. That's what distinguishes us. You know, we seek him. Early before a problem happened, we seek him now for, you know, for how to endure to the end, how to be saved all the way to the end. We don't know this stuff. We think we do. But just like Pastor Sharon just gave me that script in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 13, the King James Bible, bam, I knew it, but now I know exactly where it's at. See, God just revealed it to me because I was way off base. I was saying in Luke 12. And she caught that and she spot on it, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. Now she know and she just shared it with me and I just shared it with you. Now, guess what? We all know. And now we can let that 
abide in us. We can let that remain in us because now we know you got to endure to the end to be saved. Ain't no shortcuts up in here. No. Ain't no easy ways up in here. This will cost you your life if you're not careful. Mm. Hmm? A lot of people die spiritually before they die. There's a lot of people that spiritually dead that can be made alive spiritually through the word. It gives life. It brings life. Eternal life, you know. It gives you life, a better quality of life naturally. And it takes you to a whole nother level, man, when it, you begin to live your life in light of eternity. Changes everything. That's why he's saying right there, this is the way it's been from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It hadn't changed. God ain't, ain't mad at us that he changed up on us. He's the same. The word was in the beginning with God. The word was God. You know, he has not changed. That, that's the love of God, that he does not change his message. Because he ain't trying to confuse nobody. That's right. The only person that be, should be confused by the truth is the liar. Mm. And Satan is a liar and the father lies. Mm. And if anybody get caught up in his lies and try to treat his lies like the truth and try to call right, wrong, and wrong, right, you will live a confused life. Mm. In other, other words, everything Satan does will make sense to you. Because mm. the truth will be a stumbling block for you. It'll blind you. It'll, you know, it, it, you won't know what to do with the truth. You'll run back to that lie. Mm. It's easier for you. It's easy. Come on. It's easy to follow a lie. That's why people follow lies and liars. Mm. It's just easier. It makes more sense to an unregenerated spirit, an unrenewed mind, an unsaved being. It, it makes perfect sense to them because you're speaking to the flesh. You're speaking to the lust of the eye, the pride of life, you know, the, the lust of the, uh, of the eyes, you know. You, that's what you're speaking to. And they can't discern it spiritually. You know, the mysteries are just too tough for them. Mm. That's why a lot of people say, man, I can't deal with that King James Bible, them does and these. Mm. That's all you see in there, does, these and thou. You don't see all that rich text there, all that rich substance mm. there. You don't see that. Mm. Mm. You tripping up over thee and a thou? Mm. And a ye and a yay? You leaving all that rich food on, on them pages. Mm. All that manna. All that spiritual nourishment. You just leaving it there because you tripping over a thee or a thou? Yeah. Well, why not plug in somewhere where people can help you understand? Because, see, once you get that, that understanding that comes from God, the wisdom makes sense. The mystery comes off. Now you can understand. I'm, I'm speaking from experience now. I was in that boat. I had a brand new King James Bible. Didn't know what. I was trying to read it, trying to understand it, but I was trying to do it with my natural mind in the process of God renewing my mind because I was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I just didn't know what the Holy, the purpose of the Holy <coughs> Ghost was in my life. I thought it was just like everybody else, speaking in tongues. Mm. And I did a lot of that. But at the same time, God was building me up for what he had planned. My learning. My studying, my understanding, my applying to my life what I had learned. And as we grew and gained more knowledge, the mysteries became more clear. The secrets became more obvious. And we thought it was a blessing that Lord was letting us in on these mysteries. That's right. But we had God in us. We had the Holy Spirit. 
you know, he was bringing it to us. He was showing us things that was to come. He was making it plain to us, you know. Then it all made sense. And I was like, man, who in the world would not want to serve a God like this? Mm. You know. So let's go on a little further here. Verse 25, uh, we'll pick up here. Verse 25, and it says, And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. The promise is this, eternal life. So what we're doing right now, don't secure eternal life. It's vain. It's just vanity. It's empty. You know. And this is why we have to live our life today purposely, intentionally, unconditionally, mm. with an eternal perspective in focus. We have to live our life today in light of that. Mm. that that's the reality right there now that awaits us. And if that's not my goal, if that, if that not my end state, then I'm all, I've already been con I'm already condemned. I'm, everything we're doing is vanity. Yeah. It's vain. We have to set that as our eternal goal, and we have to work toward it with fear and trembling. Mm. That's that eternal salvation that awaits us, that eternal life where we will forever be with the Lord. And if that eternal kingdom, there'll be no end. You know, and so, so you know, the A part of that is, this verse is, and this is, now the A part of this is, the promise that he has promised us. The B part of this is, even eternal life. So you got two parts here, you know, two precepts here. In that order, the promise that he has promised us, and he's faithful, who promised, he's not a man that he should lie, he ain't going to take it back. He promised us eternal life for those who seek after him with their whole heart, energy, strength, soul, what, whatever you have, you should use all of it to seek after God. And look at the reward now, eternal life. You can't buy eternal life, but you can receive it as a gift from God. But you got to meet the conditions. We learned what they were back in verse 24. You know? And let's kind of look at this promise here that comes with uh, with and have characteristics associated with it. These are all godly put in place by God. These are the characteristics that we have to measure up to the Christ likeness, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes people think cause they can get their character, their characteristics beyond people in a setting, a, a, I'll say a church setting that that guarantees them eternal life. Mm -hmm. You can cite the crowd all you want to. That don't get you the eternal life. That's not that's not a, 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 a plumb line that you can measure your eternal fate on. You got to have some approval from God. You got to get that 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 character by him. And charisma is not character. There's a lot of excellent people out there orators that can excite crowds. They have the oratory skills and they use them for that reason. But that's no guarantee that that's an attribute from God. That was placed in you to edify, to build up, to encourage mm. people to want to be saved. Mm. See, we want, Paul said, it's, it's not I, but the Christ in me. See, he had that, the, if you got Christ in you, you have the characteristics of God. You have love in you. You have peace in you. You have the fruit of the spirit in you. You have the gifts of the spirit can be made yes. available to you. You have everything that you need 
put in you by God. We know we're like that container of all those godly attributes and characteristics, and we have to grow them. We have to mature them. We have to develop them. That's why we study to show ourselves approved in the God as workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Why? I'll be mispresenting these temples to God if I don't. I'll be offering him a fleshly praise instead of offering him a spiritual praise. You know, skills. Some folks can learn how to sing that song, tear it up from the floor up. Come on. Ain't got no God in them. Then the club last night showed up at church and sung their heart out mm -hmm. and had the whole church dancing all over the place, yeah. falling out all over the place. Still smelling like they was in the club. So, you know, this ain't about skill, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is about are you filled, are you sealed, are you healed of all that flesh? Mm -hmm. This ain't about ceremonialism. This ain't about charisma. This is about, you know, have you eaten the meal and can you feed a meal to those sheep? Mm -hmm. You know, sanctified because you've been sanctified and sanctified with what you've been sanctified with, the word of God, the truth. You know, not into something new, you know. So, you know, so there's a promise that comes with what we what we receive from him, you know, as we let, you know, the message remain in us. You know, there's, 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 there's some characteristics that, that have to develop, have to be seen, have to, you know, we build folks up and perfect them for the work of ministry. Those are the those are the characteristics and the attributes that begin to show up. You know what people say? Well, I don't go where I used to go. I don't say what I used to say. I don't do what I used to do. Why? There's been a whole new set of characteristics that's been birthed in you. Because you spent time in the Word. You spent time maturing. You're learning now how to be a Christian. What do Christians do? How do they act? How do they talk? What do they say when people ask them a question? You know. And so... In the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 20 to 22, the King James Bible helps us out a little bit here. He says, he staggered not at the promises, the promise of God through unbelief. That's the key right there now. But was strong in faith. There's a characteristic. Giving glory to God. There's another one. And being fully persuaded that, there's another one. What he had promised. There's another one. He was able also to perform. There's another one. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, this is Abraham's walk right here. This is Abraham taking on these attributes, taking on these characteristics after he done lied. Lied about his wife. She was his sister. He done lied about a whole lot of things. A man of faith now. Name getting ready to be changed. God getting ready to reaffirm to him that I'm going to give you an heir. He done did all these things, you know, to try to assist God and help God. But God getting ready to change all that. Okay? He getting ready to drop a promise on this dude, man, that's going to change his life, and he's going to be the father of many nations. He's going to be loaded down with godly attributes and characteristics going forward. And after he had this encounter, Look at what Paul writes about him as he reflects and uses him as an example to talk to the Roman church. Because they were even Christians in that church. They remember Abraham. They remember Abraham more than they remember some of the other prophets. Mm -hmm. 
They remember what God said, but what they prophesied about Abraham. That's why some of them said, Abraham, you know, that, that's our father. Abraham, we, we know Abraham. They got some, some nations out there right now, man. They care more about Abraham than they do God. And the Lord said, Abraham, love to see my day. Yeah. You know, hey, it, this, this, this message runs a little bit further, earlier, before Abraham was. I am. Mm. You know, let's, let's go a little further back, further than that. Let's, 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 let's learn a little bit more about our history, a little bit more about, you know, my story, about my message. In the beginning was the word, you know, and the word was with God and the word was God. And then it came to Abraham later. And Abraham had the same choice you have. You either going to believe it or you're going to doubt it. And Abraham believed it and God accounted as righteousness to him. Right away, he picked up some characteristics. Righteousness came in. Faith came in. Promises came in. Hoping in those promises. Believing in those promises. And it says here, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, he just didn't quite understand, Pastor Sharon. Come on. You know, you know, when you bless sometimes, <laughs> when people say, and we do this a lot, we declare this because the word said we can, that the blessings of Abraham belong to us too. That's We're right. heirs to the promise yeah. that God yeah. made Abraham. Yeah. Why? He told the man, you're going to be, you know, the, 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 the father of many nations. He was talking about through faith. Mm -hmm. And we know without faith, we can't please God. And Abraham believed God. He's telling us, just like Abraham. Mm. Believe God. You can't stagger in unbelief by not believing God. Come on. See, you got to believe Him too. Anybody that come to God, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, mm. verse 6, anybody that come to God must first believe that God is who He say is and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek yeah. after Him. What do you think Abraham started doing after he had that encounter? He started <laughs> seeking after this God. Yes, yes, yes. You're going to tell me I'm going to have an heir in my old age? I need to get to know you, dude. Mm. You know, I, I need to know more about you. I, you know, this is what I've been looking for. Mm. Mm. And it's going to be Sarah. Sarah is going to be the mother. She going to. I, I definitely need to, need, to, need to get to know you. I definitely need to learn get a, get a closer relationship mm. with you. Yes, Lord. And the Bible said God accounted that as righteousness because he did not stagger That's at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised him, he was able also to perform. Yes. You know, Haggai couldn't, Sarah couldn't, isn't she told? So it had to be God. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. That's in the book of Romans chapter four, verse 20, verse 20 through 22, the King James Bible. Now, here's the significance of that of what we're doing right now. Mm. From that time, from that very beginning, Pastor Sharon, mm. when he spoke to Abraham, just like he's trying to get the rest of us to see, yes. you know, at, at what, what he said at the beginning, the first time you believed him for anything beyond that, okay, that, that message never changed. Abraham let that message remain in him all the way to the time he died. He never changed that message. Even when he was called to take him up on Mount Moriah and offer him, what do you think his motivation was? He had that message in his heart. Because when he said, we're going to go up and worship God, 
and come back down and worship God. So that message, what was what's his motivation? Yes, right. See, he didn't let that message go. He didn't let that promise go. He didn't let go of that hope he had and what God had promised him because he was not fully persuaded. So you know, your 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 your, your human side of you is telling you to, telling you you know to, to, to do it, but your spirit person is telling you that you can do it. Come on. See, remember what we said about faith. Faith always sees the answer. Come on. You, you, you may see the difficulty. You may see the struggle. You may see the problem with it. But see, Abraham had already been fully persuaded. See, that's faith working. It's working toward the promise. It's working toward what Jehovah Jireh told you. And, and to prove that faith was working, when he got up there, and just as he getting ready to kill him, he was able to shift his focus and see a ram in the bush that had been provided and put there by God. But even more than that, he was able to look across from, from where he was at on that mountain and see where Jesus was going to die on old Golgotha. And the revelation that came to him, I'm telling you, man, he's about the revelation of Jesus Christ. You can get a revelation when you're looking at it. When that revelation came, this is what he said, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Sometimes we, we need to go through something to get a revelation That's right. That's right. that we can envision Jehovah Jireh our provider. Mm -hmm. But if I have not let that message remain in me, there's no connection. Mm -hmm. Abraham was fully persuaded. It remained in him, taking his heir, taking his son. And what has to remain in us is this. What was spoken from the beginning is this. We're heirs to that promise. We're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And the promises of Abraham are ours too. And so as we go forth, let that remain in us. Two more scriptures and we're going to wrap it up for the night. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 20, the King James Bible. And we're talking about what we're going to let remain in us. We've got so many examples here, so much proof, so, so many promises coming from every direction, you know, that we got to be solid in these these characteristics. Faith is faith is one of the most important characteristics, spiritual characteristics that a believer can have. Because that's the only way to please God. And Abraham had it. He was fully persuaded. And it says, for all the promises, plural, of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. <laughs> so if God is going to prove it, he's going to prove it through us. He's going to work it through us. Did he not work it through Abraham? So he's going to prove it through us. This is why this is the only way, our faith that we preach, that we can prove that we know God. Because we don't operate by what we see with our eyes we're supposed to operate by what we don't see. We're not supposed to be moved by what we see. We're supposed to be moved by what we don't see. Why? Because that's the substance of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And some folks got to see it to believe it. But see, faith allows you to believe it so you can see it. And that was the condition of Abraham. That, that's what was happening with him. That's what needs to happen with us all the time every situation and circumstance for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen so anytime something comes up 
you know, for us believers who are following Christ with everything in us, doing everything we can to please him, everything works together for our good. <clears throat> we know who meant it for our bad, but we also know who's able to turn around and work it out together for our good based on a promise to us. That's why we ought to just go ahead on and trust him. Job said it, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. You know, he's not going to put more on us than he know we can, you know, we can, we can stand. And with every temptation that comes to try to kill us and destroy and get us to doubt him, he's going to make a way for us to escape out of it that we can bear it. Book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 in King James Bible. It's, it's right there, you know. For all the promises of God in him, talking about Jesus, <coughs> or yea, in in him, Jesus, amen, unto the glory of God by us, by us. God going to work these things to us. This is why he saved us. The work that needs to continue to be done, he's already begun in us. And he's going to continue to perform it in us, through us, by us. And a lot of it's going to be done by faith, just like the list of faith heroes in the book of uh, Hebrews 11 chapter. What they did, they did it by faith. What we're going to do, we're going to do most of it by faith. And there'll come a manifestation of that faith. Faith without works is dead. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, the King James Bible. Now, here's a condition that's got to be met. If we want to continue to please him, if we want to continue to see God, his truth march on and his glory be revealed and, you know, and all these benefits continue to load us down. Look at what he's saying right there now. Having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, you know, we know what he said about us, dearly beloved, I wish above all things that thou wouldst prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. I want your way to prosper. I want to develop these godly characteristics and attributes in you. Yes. Okay? So I got to purify you, sanctify you, you know, justify you with the word. From the beginning, the message cleanses you, it sanctifies you, it's the truth. Set you apart, you know, having all these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. So he's telling us we got a part to play. Mm -hmm. What is our part? Cast mm -hmm. aside all these weights and sins that so easily beset us. It keeps us separated from God. Yes, yes, from yes. all of his promises, from all of his benefits, you know. From all filthiness of the Flesh, remember, in this world, but we don't love this world or the things of this world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, proud of life. Singles out the flesh right here because that's where the problems start. Led away by our own lustful desires. The flesh, the human spirit, you know. And then he says, you know, and spirit. Little, little, little S there. You know, we learned this morning about sin and iniquity. We said that uh, iniquities is the wickedness of sin because of the spirit that, you know, you, you, know, you take on. You know, you go a little, little lower, <laughs> you know, than just missing the mark. Dark place, you know. 
perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God. You know, that's that's the answer. That's how we get out. That's how we we get free. Is we go all in with God. We separate ourselves from anything that causes us to miss God, separate from God. The very sight of evil, we shun it. And he goes on to say in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 4, the King James Bible, whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of 